You're listening to the Nutmeg Arena by the Nutmeg Assist. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Nutmeg Arena podcast brought to you by the Nutmeg Assist. Myself Ritwik, the host for today's show. Today I'm joined by a very special guest. He is a journalist from India. He runs a vlog on YouTube which is one of my favorite football vlogs it's called Kalpantu. uh it's mainly in malayalam but he has subtitles as well even though it's in malayalam i i think it's it's a must watch for every football fan around the world i am very happy here to welcome none other than nevin thomas my special guest for today's episode welcome nevin hi hi rithvik and uh, thanks for inviting me for the show and thank you for all those kind words about kalpad it's still a very small brand but uh, you know we we all do whatever we can and to contribute to the ecosystem in some way or the other. Yeah. Yeah, the Nutmeg Assist as well is kind of small as of now, but yeah, we all try to grow. And I think Nutmeg yeah, Assist is doing really well and it's got a very fan, <laughs> fan world appeal. So I'm more than happy to be here and have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. So it's going to be an interesting chat. We'll talk about Kerala football. Uh, we'll also go into Europe. Uh, you are a Chelsea fan, so we'll talk about Chelsea as well. We have a <laughs> yeah. Peter Peter we have a patron question for you especially we'll go on to that somewhere in between the show absolutely so yeah. let's start with uh, indian football so mm-hmm. like uh, in indian football's kind of you know grown on to the scene since the beginning of isl the fan culture has uh, you know kind of stepped up a bit uh, i i know it's still toxic uh, in a sense it's still <laughs> toxic in a sense but yeah at, at least it's some un- it is a positive uh, fact or it's positive that we have more fans now for football which is yeah, really yeah, great to see definitely. we have more support yeah. and all across india even if it's i league we see a lot of talk about i league right now uh, this, 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 despite the isl being the major league so mm-hmm. it's good for indian football but although we have toxicity in, in the fan culture i mean I, I guess you are no noob to that because I guess you've also seen a fair share of toxic culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Toxic I get called. Uh, I get called a Kerala Blasters fan by one set of guys. Another set of guys call me a Gokulam fan. Another set of fans call me a Chennai fan. So uh, I've I've had a fair share of uh, uh, say a lack of identity because everybody wants me to be associated with some other club or the other. It's it's very difficult for I think uh, I think football fans generally uh, when somebody does not want to place himself in. club so when i say i'm not a completely kerala blasters fan people can't understand what is this why are you keeping your foot in like why do you claim yourself to be a fan of kerala football over the idea of supporting one club loyally but i think that's that's a totally different debate on another i mean that should be another show itself on how fan yeah. cultures are perceived and how in 2020 maybe there is a scope to reimagine the whole space but generally uh, i think uh, if i can say i think i'm just generally happy with what is happening so let's leave the toxicity aside and i don't think india is anywhere as toxic as say a lot of european nations and we don't have like hooliganism or anything of that sort here and it's exactly. not even like extremely racist or something but we tend to we we're, we're tending to copy what is the wrong side of these fan cultures that's the only sad part while we are gr- yep. growing i think I, my my fear is that we are probably copying the worst parts of the fan cultures across the world yeah just like you highlighted i think it's been a uh, especially in the last 
six years since uh, ISL started. I think generally a lot of people are now associating with clubs. They're wearing the jerseys. It's it's become a cooler identity to be associated with a football club. And generally the the conversation is on the up. I think we all we all consume so much of European football. We've always wanted to support something locally as well. So now there is a club with a, a, a decent presence. We've got legends coming and playing here. So generally I think it's on the up. That way as a content producer, somebody working in this space, and all I can't I can't be sad there is definitely conversation and conversation is on the up yeah and and not, not just the fan culture though uh, even the football has changed a lot we've gone Absolutely. from St- Stephen Constantine to Igor Stiemak right now I, I mean there's a change in identity the way the Indian national team yeah. play as well Absolutely. and even in yeah. the ISL if you see I mean we started off with a lot of foreign players including a lot of foreign players but the last mm-hmm. season I guess we had a little bit change in structures I I mean, a few clubs, especially yeah. ATK. The way ATK is done, I guess. I mean, you have to applaud the way they they've been run uh, by mm-hmm. the owners, and because they've kind of tried to integrate Asian football players as well. You saw with Roy Krishna's mm-hmm. inclusion, and I mean, they're trying even more now. They're trying to add mm-hmm. more. I mean, they they were linked with a Thai league player not long back because we yeah. we have a we have a Thai football uh, fan here at Vinod Melis, and mm-hmm. he was also talking to me about a player getting linked with ATK. Uh, yeah, Titi Pan Puang Chan. That's the guy. So actually, yeah. somebody has been signed by Bangalore today, who is yes, a top yes. scorer in the Thai league. So yeah, there is definitely uh, a lot of interest, and not just focused on Europeans and bringing the the footballers who sort of done with their career towards the end. Now I think clubs are more aggressive. They're bringing players who are like 28, 29, probably in the peak of their career, or probably has got like two, three other really good seasons to offer. So I think yes one is definitely looking at the Asian market and secondly whenever we are bringing somebody from Europe we are also not bringing dead wood we are actually bringing players who can come contribute and enhance the overall team so you see the likes of FC Goa they've really benefited by having players like Oro and uh, Bumu and all those players because they've really uplifted the Indians in the squad as well so generally speaking all those things are really positive for Indian football the fact that they've you know you can there is a visible difference in the way we play our football now. It's no longer hit those hopeful crosses. Hopefully one striker is going to do something and uh, no, we've we've definitely evolved in our football. Uh, Of course, it's a slow process. We can't, you know, undo the damage we've done in the last 15 years overnight. But generally, there is an up and I think it's partly to do with a lot of us, including fans, including spaces like us, just questioning a lot of their moves and also, you know, bringing to light a lot more of stories of also generally I think the environment is on the up so that's that's definitely a positive yeah and quality wise as well I mean we played in the Asian Cup uh, I mean recently and Although with, when Constantine was in charge, but we had a good result early on. We beat Thailand, but we failed to qualify out of the group. So I mean, it, it was kind of it was kind of a good ride because we're not used to seeing India, you know, compete at the top level. And right now, the national team has uh, friendlies with good good countries, good countries in the yeah. sense, uh, good footballing countries. And that that's definitely one thing that was missing in the past. And I think it's, it's again, like you said, it's a slow process. And mm-hmm. I think even, even the people who sit at the top, they're learning stuff still. So they're learning it step by step. And I think something that the fans or the people 
uh, really need to exhibit is patience because I know, I mean, I mean, it's not just India here, not just Asia, or if you take any football fan around the world, take myself as well, even when I support my team, uh, Liverpool. I mean, patience is something every single fan lacks a bit. I mean, I mean, you can you, you can say that, yeah, you like you have patience. Okay, I can wait for a couple of years without a trophy. No, not a problem. I can wait a couple of years without, you know, playing in a top tournament. It's not a problem. But again, you, you, you have that frustration inside you and some way or the other, it comes out. So, I mean, patience yeah, yeah. is something. I mean, I just think as a Liverpool fan, you would probably know this better. <laughs> but yeah. I think <laughs> as long as you see uh, a certain evolution in your team, I think fans are sad. So, I mean, we all talk about silverware and the need to, you know, keep winning trophies. But at the end of the day, you really want to see your team evolve. So, if you think the team has evolved in the kind of football, as fans, you generally tend to be okay. Like, okay, at least we're playing better football now. Okay, we're not winning trophies, but we will get there. There is some optimism there. I think yeah. that's that's been there generally in Indian football. I, I for one, am more critical. I, I personally feel there's more need to be, uh, you know, we need to be more critical about Indian football because at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, what do you say? It's got two sides to the coin, right? So on one side, of course, we need to show patience and give them time, but it's also our pressure that puts them to perform. So if you're not questioning the AFF for its decisions, if you're not questioning their schedules, if they're not questioning uh, multiple things that we do in our football, then they will also take it slow. I think that has been our problem in the last 20-30 years where they weren't questioned enough. They weren't challenged enough. But now in the age of social media, in the age of uh, multiple YouTube channels, this, that, we are questioning them enough. We are we are highlighting how other countries were successful. We are comparing our sales. We are telling how Belgium did this, how in, uh, Germany did that because we've got more access to information. We know uh, all these things and we want our country to also implement a lot so yeah I think while there is patience I am also a fan of you know putting some pressure off because we can't be just blindly sitting in there and believing oh, yeah it was going in the right direction we don't need to question we just need to blindly believe them no I think we, we have our right to question as long as we do it in a sensible and uh, a non-toxic manner I mean there's no point going there and abusing everybody and saying it's shit we need to also understand the constraints and the fact that we are we are where we are due to our football so it doesn't change overnight but like I said if there is a positive graph if there is some evolution of football I think we'll all be there and we're all moving together in the same pace towards the right direction yeah and and if you see Asian countries as well uh, Japan actually in the late 90s or the early 2000s they actually changed the whole structure of their youth development from the grassroots yeah. level itself so Absolutely. they had a, they have a famous famous guy called Tom Bayer so mm-hmm. he's like they call him Tom San with love and he's kind of cha- changed the whole landscape that is there in Japan you see yeah, the likes of Takumi Minamino now Keisuke Honda I mean we've had a lot of uh, good Japanese players you know, play in Europe uh, Hasebe Hasebe as well I mean mm-hmm. players like this they weren't actually developed overnight I mean yeah. we talk about the likes of uh, Sahal Abdul Samad who's a fan favorite mm-hmm. here in Kerala we talk about you know Gurpreet Singh Sandhu who's, who's probably our best goalkeeper of the decade he's one of the best players mm-hmm. as well 
here in India. Uh, Sunil Chetri again, he went abroad, but limited success there. So he, he came back here. Bai Cheng as well, our, one, of, one of our biggest legends. He went yeah. to Bury, but uh, he didn't kick there. So he had to come back again. So it's, it's, it's not like you can expect a sudden transition from India to Europe. It's not easy. You have to build that. And that's what Japan yeah. has shown over the years. And Correct. if you look at Iran as well, they've also kind of picked up almost similar strategy there. So they've also yeah. kind of improved. They also have a lot of good players playing abroad. Sardar Azmoon being one of, one of, I mean, one of the main guy who's who's kind of been uh, one of the best players in Russia, actually. So yeah, so that, that, that's the, that's the whole scene here. So in India as well, you have to look at the coaching in absolutely. The and it's a holistic level. approach, right? It's not just it's not just starting a league. It's about talking about the football in schools. It's talking about like getting. So my brother is in Pittsburgh in USA. So when he went for his uh, PhD program, uh, they they were just like talking to everyone and they were having a casual introduction and what to know about Pittsburgh and what to do. The first thing they said is that if somebody asks you on the road, what is your favorite team? You say it's Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's it's part of the culture. Every little kid there has his jersey. Every kid is there going for the matches. So it's it doesn't just end with that pitch or what happens around the pitch. It's it's bringing these the sports into part of our overall culture that we are talking about Kerala Blasters by having lunch or we're talking about Northeast United by you know uh, doing something else at work that is a kind of holistic uh, improvement that Indian football needs we've done it with our cricket and that happened due to multiple reasons like 1983 success the the whole Sachin era matching with when Doordarshan and uh, TV went wild in the 90s so we uh, cricket got lucky but and unfortunately, we've not had that one hero figure who goes and plays in a in a bro- abroad or uh, you know some kind of a great success. We are all looking for that one catalyst that will change uh, Indian football. I'm sure it'll be there. Our kids are starting to look okay. The under-16 team is quite nice. So it's there. So, I mean, like people were disappointed when uh, the AFC under-16 groups were announced. We have been, we've been put in a group with uh, Uzbekistan, South Korea and Australia. And I was pleasantly happy. I was like, hey, listen, it's, it's not a bad deal because now one, we will be, our players will be playing with very minimum uh, pressure because they know they're playing against big weights in terms of Australia and South Korea. So, they'll go and enjoy their football try to play with freedom and secondly international scouts will be watching this match 16 is an age where I think a lot of teams are genuinely interested in these players so they're all watching at least they'll come there to watch South Koreans and the Australians so if our kid can get picked up at the age of 16 17 that's when the real revolution happens because unfortunately our players right now are trying to make a move to the European leagues at 23 at 25, we're talking about Andrew Tapa, we're talking about Sandesh Jingen, who's 26 now, talking about a possible move to German league, third tier. At 26, that's, I don't know, I personally don't feel that's going to really help anybody by going to a German third division at the age of 26. I mean, obviously, Sandesh has got his freedom to do what he wants, and obviously, he's better advice than, uh, you know, from what, what I can say. But, Generally, I mean, I'm, I'm hope, I feel our, our football will go to another level once these kids start getting picked up at like 17, 18 and 19 in their teens so that they can still do their final, at least final education in a 
fully developed football country and then they will go and play even if say a uh, a footballer is going to play for watford even indian football is going to play for watford i think that's that's still huge for us that's still phenomenal for us so yeah. we're still looking for that one character one footballer makes it to a one big league i think then we will have our spark so it's it's there i'm i'm optimistic for for some reason yeah. i'm very optimistic that this is going to happen so no, that, that's that's uh, very much possible as well now if you see uh, the example of sarpreet singh who started yeah. for bayern munich today so it's it's his yeah. first start so that that is actually huge and sarpreet singh he has indian roots i i guess he yeah. is uh, he's from new zealand he represents yeah. new zealand but he has indian roots and he didn't really light up uh, or lit up the a league in australia he did he, he, he wasn't you know anything exceptional there but he mm-hmm. got his move to bayern somehow bayern somehow picked him up bayern somehow saw something that none of us saw and mm-hmm. he's starting for bayern munich right now and yeah. that, that that is i mean absolutely amazing and this yeah, is absolutely. the kind of thing like i mean the way that i mean what you mentioned right now the yeah. under 16 kids or the under 17 kids when we get exposed to you know better footballers when we get exposed to you know better teams better opposition um, and like you said you know definitely there's going to be a lot of scouting a lot of scouts coming in watching and uh, to be honest teams. if our if our players can make it to a japanese or a south korean league that's huge itself no that's a good step right it doesn't always have to be towards the west we've got plenty of good leagues towards the east as well that could be a good gradual step for our players if if we can play if we can get at least one player playing in the japanese top division i think that's huge so yeah, the j league and the thai league as well i mean they're also pretty good because if you see very good i mean the the, the fulham ex fulham coach slavisa jokanovic he actually mm-hmm. made a name in thailand at muang thong united i guess and he got his move to fulham from there so you know these Imagine, are kind yeah, of exactly. stepping stones these Absolutely. are kind of stepping stones yeah. i think for so, indians a general challenge is that uh, uh, in a country like japan uh, would they you know get use their foreign quota to you get a player like uh, an indian they would rather want a player who is an improvement from the japanese locals right so that's that's a challenge i think a lot of our our players face while trying to go into these clubs uh, but i'm i'm just hopeful that some day they'll feel our players are competent enough and if not in the top division maybe in the second division of these countries also would make a make a huge impact just generally i think football is very global it's like a global village right now everybody's watching each other and then you have like spin stats and everything else giving videos of all the players in all the leagues so uh just generally i think uh, it, it's uh, our chances of you know getting recognized and a chance of a indian footballer reaching a top level is quite high so hopefully in the next 3 4 years we'll have another podcast and we'll be discussing that person <laughs> hopefully yeah i mean we can all i mean that's the only word that probably we can put out right now hope and hopeful so yeah i mean before moving on from indian football scene i mean two more questions that i want to you know ask you related to this is one is definitely the women's sport as well in india which is gradually changed i know that the mm-hmm. format of iwl it's not proper it's, yeah. it's still a one month tournament 
department which does not really do anything anything good Absolutely, and, yeah. and and we saw the recent case with uh, the under 17 uh, kids there in jharkhand as well who were not paid but that sad. has been yeah. yeah that has been solved but you know the, the, the that has been solved by people like us right because we made yeah. a lot of cry and we we called them out Definitely. you know Yeah. yeah and and it it shouldn't happen actually in a country like india you know who is yeah. trying to become a global force i would say in sport but it shouldn't happen these are some of the basic stuff and i think this also is the this fact is, that yeah please please yeah and also the fact that uh, women's team the under 17 women's team will play in a world cup next year i mean it was Absolutely. supposed to be played at the end of this year but you no know, coronavirus had other plans so <laughs> yeah i mean we are going to play in a world cup again yeah. because we we already done that with under 17 men's world cup before right, and yeah. this is a this is a huge step for the women or for the girls out there because i mean i see you promoting a lot of women footballers kalpandu actually have put uh, a lot of women footballers in the spotlight there is a page as well i guess women's football india women's correct, like yeah, yeah. I forgot the name of the page, but yeah, yeah it's the correct sort of, correct name. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there is a lot of uh, you know highlight going on right now. <laughs> I think there isn't. I mean, it's just just a few individuals and uh, just making a little bit of noise. I I personally feel Kalpad doesn't do enough justice to women's football at all. I mean, we do those occasional nights, but that's pretty much what we've also done, and that sums up right. That sums up our yeah. How we? Uh, it's not a very non-inclusive Indian football revolution that we're talking about. It's very men's focused. Everything from a junior level, it's it's always been men's focused. Despite our women being better ranked, probably having a better opportunity to reach a World Cup than men, but I think just that's just general hypocrisy. flowing into the women's league it's a women's div- entire division as well but hopefully hopefully um, you know with these pages like you highlighted and the uh, and bala making a move to rangers that was huge this year that was, that was a huge deal and unfortunately corona spoiled it for her as well but you know our, our women are slowly getting recognized and hopefully this pressure uh, that you and i and all the fans will put will will you know compel our uh, federation into making the league at least 3 months that's a start right and yep. not played in one venue it's not a league if you're all going to play all the matches in one venue one after the other nobody can consume it even as fans it's very difficult for us to sit and watch all the matches mostly it's not even highlighted on a in a tv channel or a streaming platform you you are resorting to facebook lives and all that so lot of uh, lot of improvement needs to be done but i think that can that can be pay faster dividends investing in women's football can actually pay faster dividends if you are your aim is to uh, you know reach a, a reach a world cup soon and mind you we are a country that has seen the likes of pv sindhu and uh, saina nehwal really spearhead a sport so it doesn't have to be men leading a sport right Our exactly. women, our, our women have highlighted that it's not just if men become successful, we will follow this. But our women are like PV Sindhu is a big example of how women can be the ones driving the sport as well. So I don't know. I mean, if you look at 
if you ask me why the uh, all india football federation is not taking it seriously they will deflect the blame saying they are not getting sponsors then they'll deflect the blame saying uh, clubs are not interested in you know putting out a women's team uh, but eventually it's it's the government and it's the federation's job to put their foot down and say okay we want you to make a team so you discuss come and discuss what your troubles are let's figure out a way forward because it's high time that we want a serious league for our women which will last like at least 3 4 months and that is also will give payment and like i wanted to interrupt you earlier is that i think there is no revolution in the world without being paid okay like you need to you need to exactly. earn your <laughs> you need to eat your food in the night you need to yeah, feel that your family is secure no other no i mean i'm, I'm just talking about football revolution uh, i don't think any football anywhere has developed without this this very basic fact so despite all our narratives of there's there being positive and like everything being positive and uh, in the football going places the reality is our footballers are not even earning money to get decent uh, nutrition so people are not even eating the right food and i'm not talking just about the women's team that have got highlighted and the world player world cup i'm talking about a lot of players who continue to be not paid across the across the leagues so we've had stories in the isl i league second division kpl the kerala premier league you keep hearing these stories of players not not being paid not just players including coaches including the other staff and so it's it's a big mess as well so despite the superficial look of everything being fine and uh positive and indian football there's a lot of murkiness and there's a lot of ugliness inside which needs to be tackled we can't keep showing it under the bed or the under the table and saying okay you know it will eventually get better once the money comes in because then the the people who are doing this feel that they can get away with it so exactly. then they will continue to do the system and a lot of us employees or uh, stakeholders will feel this is how it will always be so either i will move out of it because shit i i mean i at the end of the day i want money or what will happen is that i will also become part of the system where i'll think okay i can also get somebody else to work for me without paying money and this is how it is so yeah <laughs> i can keep talking about this but like i think we should move forward yeah. in our know, yeah and this is a vast topic to be honest indian football Absolutely. we have a lot of yeah. angles to speak on we have a lot of different topics as well so it's it's yeah. more than more probably we can go on we can go on and talk probably more than 3 hours yeah, about different yeah. different stuff so let's put that for a separate one but yeah. moving on now from indian football scene to europe i mean i know that you are a chelsea fan so yeah. the first thing what i want to what i want to ask you is why chelsea and when chelsea oh um i started supporting towards 2000 so this is before abramovich take over and uh, that's a time when i barely understood football but my brother is a big united fan so i remember uh, a couple of matches where a blue side a side wearing blue uh, beat uh, beat uh, this manchester united side and obviously sibling rivalry and all that i was like yeah this is a team that i want to support so i just knew it was a blue side so 
I knew occasional highlights and back then it was not as good a coverage as it is today. So it was just basically uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, no, Liverpool, United and Arsenal. Those are the three matches that we would occasionally get for life. Chelsea matches were very far and few unless you're playing one of these teams. So I started supporting all the sides that were wearing blue jerseys. So that ended up supporting Everton also a couple of matches because I didn't really understand who this I remember Birmingham also was playing during those days. They were also wearing blue. And then slowly I realized uh, that, okay, there is something about, you know, something about football that's, that's attractive and something that, you know, keeps you going. And this was peak fan culture era for me because I was supporting uh, Kobe Bryant and Lakers. I was supporting Michael Schumacher and Ferrari. There was proper devotion to sports at that point. So I started supporting this blue side and, uh, and then Mr. Abramovich took over and suddenly we became like a force to reckon with. I still remember. And back then we're not really keeping uh, track of what is happening in the summer, right? It's not like we've got so much internet and access and all that. So, I remember next season when the matches started, I don't understand the players. This is not the old Chelsea. I remember who are these young, new players and excited and you keep hearing news about, you know, throwing money. Hearn and Crespo is here. Suddenly one day Shevchenko is here. I'm like, whoa, what is happening? What is this uh, big team? They, they managed to sign Veron from United. So I was like, whoa. Yeah. This this is this is this side is uh, serious and obviously my brother hated it so much the fact that he kept saying oh Russian money is spoiling the football and I enjoyed it <laughs> I like I am I just love the fact that your team isn't strong anymore and you have a <laughs> you have another uh, competitor because back then it was only Arsenal versus United okay it was essentially yeah. just these two. So even those matches used to be all ugly and uh, you'd, like, you'd have Keon pushing Van Roy and uh, Roy Keane fighting Patrick Vieira. <laughs> that was the only highlight of Premier uh, League. So to have this team and I think I, I really identified with the way Chelsea played during those times especially. They were a resolute side that didn't like conceding goals and they were a, a bunch of winners especially from Mourinho. I think they from Petrushek to Drogba to John Terry to Lampard, I think Balak and all those people, they were serial leaders. They were serial winners. So I sort of associated with that and I sort of tried to incorporate that in my life as well. I was like, yeah, you need to win at the end of the day. It's not just, you know, playing beautiful football or anything. I, I sort of associated with that. So a lot of people questioned also, like, what is Chelsea, man? They'll score one goal and start defending. But I was like, okay, it is a sure confidence that they can still do it, right? How many teams will be confident of actually winning 1-0? That Chelsea side was confident enough to do that because they trusted their system so well and their defense so well. They're like, okay, we can kill a game at once. So I don't know. For me, it really matched with my own personality and what I want to do. So yeah, that's how the whole Chelsea thing happened. Hopefully, Jose Mourinho is, and somehow Jose Mourinho gets to hear this podcast. Jose, I hope you're hearing this. Respect, respect, respect. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sad what what has happened to Mourinho right now. I I, I genuinely wanted him to take a break after United. I thought he deserved a three-year break. 
and sort of stay away and really concentrate and come up with something new i feel mourinho is a little out of ideas right now he's not correct evolved with what uh, klopp and everybody else has done so but like he's got a brain to do it he just needs time he probably needs to sit down and think okay now klopp is playing this football how do i beat this and i i feel he's still not figured it out and he's been constantly put into work so now he's constantly battling his football is no longer the dominant football is football is more like sitting back and trying to find an error and all that so um, i mean especially the inter under jose mourinho i mean despite the phenomenal success he had in chelsea i think with inter he took it to another level he was he was really the best tactician also out there in during that era so i miss that old jose but like i also think this is this is how it is so if you talk to another generation of um, uh, football audience they'll talk about some other coaches that we don't know about in the 80s in the 90s ac milan and all van gaal and all that i mean you and i probably don't know why louis van gaal is so great but a lot of people will say he's phenomenal he's one of the greatest there is so yeah i think it's it's also time so maybe uh, in the next 10 years we'll talk about klopp and uh, who knows maybe lampard and whoever is going to evolve i'll really love the uh, mexico coach and so i think uh, i think brandon rogers is still destined for something even greater so yeah i mean it's, it's part of the whole thing so maybe jose mourinho's era is over also but still love that guy exactly exactly and i'll come on to the patreon question before moving on it's from our patreon yeah, yeah. dieter van gogh who's on twitter yeah. so he has a few questions for you i mean the first oh. one being who who's your favorite chelsea player now and second no. question being yeah who's i i mean i'll go one by one so he yeah, has kind of one two three four six questions for you which okay <laughs> which, which which are probably you know uh, probably straight forward so he's asking mm-hmm. who who's your favorite chelsea player favorite oh that's a uh, a tough question um i mean for some strange reason i really like kovacic i think he's a very good player in that center of the park and probably doesn't get the recognition that he deserves i think he's a very good uh, player uh in this current you know, i'm just talking specifically about this current year i think for me he is one of the best player of the season probably that won't get that award and, and it's it's the likes of mason mount and everybody who's getting the more uh, i mean getting talked about more but like i think i really like kovacic and it's probably also because we've not had uh, loftus cheek who i think is a phenomenal talent but this year he didn't get a lot of matches yep. and uh, next year we will have loftus cheek and gilmore also challenging uh, also i i cannot not mention uh, angolo kante and asclepeta <laughs> these are two players that you can't dislike as a chelsea fan so obviously they're there but i think just by virtue of performance this season i think i've been really impressed with kovacic yeah i i don't think anyone in the world i mean beat a rival fan as well can, can hate someone like angolo kante so <laughs> of course yeah. definitely yeah okay, so the second question being would you buy a new goalie for chelsea considering kepa's form and all uh um, tough question actually i i feel he he should be given some more time but i also feel we need a better backup goalkeeper so somebody who can probably push kepa to you know perform a little bit more so i don't think caballero is that 
maybe a younger uh, competitive keeper who can push Kepa to a little bit, but I don't want Kepa to be sold so fast. I think he's still young, and goalkeepers tend to have these ups and downs. So I think it's too early to uh, ditch him. Yeah, and and next question being uh, your opinion about the signing of Zh and uh, Werner, and also would you buy uh, other players, and do you think uh, Chelsea should sell some players as well? Uh, I'm absolutely excited about Zh and uh, Werner because I I even have like a Zh uh, Ajax jersey because I'm a huge fan of the player. uh i think is extremely gifted very attractive to see and these are the players who create that extra yard of space on the football ground and they see everything on slow motion so obviously it's it's going to be a step up because of the physical nature of the english premier league but i would really love for zh to be successful and i think if he can be successful there is nobody so graceful in uh, in football right now i mean i'm i'm talking about the kind of grace that say osil had in his peak so i, I really like what he has just uh werner world class striker and obviously we needed that i mean we were so reliant on tammy abraham and he's still very young and still relatively unexperienced in the premier and i think uh, as a liverpool fan you would probably know this a lot uh there is also the versatility that somebody like a burner and a bs brings so burner can play yeah. in the left burner can play as a secondary striker as a single striker bs can play in the center in number 10 he can play as a wing winger so i like how chelsea signing have also been like versatile so that sort of helps them from not having to sign five players uh, so instead you you can sign two really good players who can take up say three four different roles so i'm really excited about both the signings i think it was desperate also i think pedro and willian were on the decline so yeah. in the wings also the uh, chelsea lacked a little bit of a uh, little bit of firepower and there was a huge gap between liverpool and chelsea so obviously there there needed to be investment you couldn't exactly rely on all the youth coming in but and i think chelsea have successfully integrated a lot of these people so it's not like all of these guys are going to get kicked out i still think tammy will play a big role in the upcoming season i still think reece james will play a big role uh, mason mount is very exciting so he should be in and around and he's a, seems to be a favorite for lampard as well so he'll play and uh, yeah. let's not forget somebody like a pulisic is also there he's also not had like a full run he seemed he was hitting a good uh, stretch when he unfortunately suffered an injury so it's an exciting time and i don't think those signings were unnecessary in any stretch of imagination i wouldn't even be surprised if uh, chelsea went ahead and signed another attacking uh, attacking player but obviously i think similar reinforcements are needed in the defense i um, think best defender chelsea has right now is rudiger and i don't think i don't rate rudiger as a top 10 defender you yeah. need you need a world class defender at least one in your team to uh, really compete with the best in europe so like van dijk made a huge difference for uh, liverpool or laporte yeah. played a really important role for uh, manchester city i think uh, chelsea is in a uh, desperate need for that kind of a leader uh, uh, i don't know who is who is available and who Ch- i have not even heard about rumors of chelsea i just I was very excited when I heard about Alaba uh, rumor 
but I think that's that's the sun, and we shouldn't be really discussing rumors from the sun. But like a player like Alaba again, really is in sync with what Chelsea is trying to do in the summer in, in terms of signing versatile players. So that fellow can play left back, he can play centre back, he can play in the midfield. So yeah, maybe Chelsea will look at signing somebody like that, or maybe even go ahead and sign somebody like a Thiago Silva for one or two years because uh, a good dominant leader in that defense is uh, necessary. And I also think Lampard as a coach is more an attacking guy. So unlike, say, a Mourinho or somebody who would really build the defense, I think Lampard's sixty seventy percent of energy goes in fine tuning the attack. So. This side of it really needs a leader who will take control and win you those important points in the league. Second part of the yeah, question is: should, should players be sold? Yes, of course. There's a lot of dead wood in uh, in Chelsea right now in terms of uh, Batshuayi, Drinkwater, Bakayoko. Um, so I, I think uh, even the left backs in Alonso and Emerson. I think one of them has to go, if not two. So, yeah, I think Chelsea can make decent money also. It's not like these players are really old and uh, got nothing to offer and they've all got good contracts remaining. So, hopefully Chelsea can get like an 80-100 million out of all these sales and invest that in a in a very good player. Yeah, and Chelsea are linked with the likes of Ben, ben Chilwell as well. And yeah. he's he's gonna he's gonna cost an awful lot of money. Firstly, because oh, he's please. English, and secondly, because Leicester are very good. Leicester City are very good at yeah, yeah. getting money. You saw that with the money <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Said Benyarama is another player, the Brentford uh, attacking player who's been linked with Chelsea. He's also a, uh, a top top player, I would say, I mean, top talent, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I have it. Sky Havertz rumor is also going around, but I don't think that this, that that transfer is for this summer. Maybe next summer or so. But I do think Chelsea are in the race. Uh, I've seen some reliable people say that as well, like Simon Phillips. And yeah, yeah. so it's, it's it's exciting times to be a Chelsea fan. No new a former. But it'll all it'll all go down if they don't perform against that. So at the end of the day, you still won't win matches. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And the final question from our patron is: Have you ever played football before? Yes, yes, of I course. Mean, I have still played football. football. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, he he probably might be you know thinking in a professional level or probably amateur or. Uh, I played from my colleges, so uh, like. I, I didn't study in a school that was really known for football, but it was uh, my school was close to uh, the training ground for Viva Kerala. That was a I League team playing from uh, Kerala, and they used to yeah. practice a lot of matches there. So we've seen a lot of these professional footballers train, and they've also seen us play football and all. And a lot of us in my batch were we were bigger than normal kids. We were all like around six feet by class ten, so um, they were they were genuinely interested in, and we were playing really good football. I'm not great football because we were never coached or anything, but, but like very physical, strong football, which which Malayalis and which Indian football generally tended to like. It. So I think yeah. definitely something that they would have liked. 
So there was then some interest about wanting to train us and all that, but we all wanted to go to IITs and NITs. So uh, eventually, the 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 usual route of wanting to be engineers and all that, we all left our. And I I did study in government colleges, so um, obviously, Kochi uh, University had a very very good football team, and I I didn't make it for the the university team, but I was playing for my department and all that. And when I went to uh, Tata Institute of Social Sciences in uh, in Bombay, I was playing for the college team because it was smaller and I mean just <laughs> generally easier to move to the main team. But yeah, I I played college level football. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I I couldn't even make my department team. I was in the substitute, and <laughs> I couldn't even come on. So <laughs> that's much better. That's much. Better. No, there are there are tactics of uh, becoming a player. You just need to you know be friends with all of them <laughs> and make really good lime juice. I think that was a very important skill set. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. And before we wind up the podcast, one final thing. I mean, we were talking about Kerala. I mean, we missed talking about Kerala as well. Um, yeah. Football in Kerala. I mean, what do what would what do I say? Probably when you look at the whole country, India as a whole, take football. I mean, it's it's definitely a cricket-oriented nation. India, even yeah. even the national sport hockey doesn't get as as anywhere. I mean, a high pass. Anywhere near as cricket, hockey is kind yeah. of you know probably I I would put cricket, football, then hockey because that, that's the kind of popularity that I mean hockey. I would even put, put like badminton hockey. ahead of hockey considering the yeah. recent success we've had and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's it's probably down. So definitely it's yeah. a cricket oriented nation in India. But when it comes to football, Bengal is a hub. Uh, another hub. I mean, Goa has also been kind of a hub. But yeah, yeah, another another hub is Kerala, especially Calicut, Malappuram, etc. They've been yeah. a really you know big big footballing hub as well. And I spoke to a Kerala footballer, uh, former Indian national team defender M Suresh, uh, a year mm-hmm. or so back. So he he was also you know pointing out the culture there in Malappuram and stuff like the Calicut University, especially. Where yeah. you know a lot of produce a lot of footballers, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of amazing footballers were groomed there. I mean, I think Suresh uh, met like some IM Vision role. I mean, I mean, with that connection there from Calcutta yeah, University. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, Kerala has a history of producing some good players, but there was a small drought period as well. I mean, there was Pradeep Rafi as well, who's kind of been. Uh, You know, probably what is it? The face of Kerala football yeah, yeah, for yeah. some time now, and mm-hmm. CK Vinay as well for some time recently. But he's yeah. also kind of slowly, slowly declined. I would say, but right now Kerala have a new name, Sahal Abdul Samad, who's who's really attractive. It's a it's a really attractive footballer, I would say, and yeah. especially be, being a left footer as well. I mean, we all love left footers, so that is another thing. Sahal is a right footer. I think it's just oh, good with both feet. Yeah, okay, it's just oh, good oh, with oh, both feet. <laughs> okay, probably. So, so sorry, sorry about that then. But I, I do feel like he's a left footer because, you know, like you said, yeah, he's comfortable he's with both the feet. He's quite comfortable yep. with both the feet. So exactly, it's like a Sandy Cazola or someone. Yeah, and then he's a very attractive footballer as well. It's attractive to watch him play, and he's kind of a new face in Kerala. But we have a lot of other young talents. I would say. I mean, Apart from Sahil, we have Joby Justin as well, uh, who's a local yeah. boy. 
and yeah. he is also you know, one of those important young footballers i mean if you look at tamil nadu they have susai raj michael susai raj yeah. who's another top so to talk about kerala apart from this too do you see more people coming in i know rahul kp is another name that yeah, yeah. i i somehow feel rahul kp is bigger than both of these players that you've mentioned considering yeah. the grit and determination and the fact that he is already represented in a world cup and all that that kid is something going about him i'm not taking away anything that jobi or sahar has done but like the drive and the desire seems to be on the higher side for rahul and that's always a good sign for a footballer right you can be immensely talented but you need to also work on it uh not see i'm not saying these two other i know jobi is a workaholic and he works a lot on his football so i'm not saying these uh, you know sahalo jobi doesn't do it but with rahul there seems to be some extra extra you know vibe you know sometimes you see a footballer and you feel this ha huh, this fellow will be successful so i have uh, i'm real high hopes on uh, rahul also emerging and generally i mean this in instead of looking at who is going to come up i think we need to have a larger uh, look at it and you mentioned kerala as a hot spot for uh, football and yet we're talking about one or two players or three players we need to be talking about 15 20 players who are like playing for top 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 teams so that's that's the problem here so and we tend to hype our players way earlier so look at me talking about rahul like he's he's already achieved a lot we just love our football so much that the moment we see something about them we start hyping them really high and like oh wow he's a future and all that um uh, so that's a problem in kerala that that really needs to like we really need to tone down and ensure that the growth is complete don't don't like the moment they are 19 year don't like them the the objective is not to play one match for a team the objective is to become a sunil chetri exactly problem here is that the moment we become a one we play one national team match we hype them we go we call them for inauguration we do this we do that we just it's very difficult for a player player to lose track at that point what he or she needs at the moment you are in the national team is that you need or set set up in a system that pushes you to achieve something bigger that i feel has really spoiled kerala football i think this is not addressed enough i think we we, we talk about infrastructure problems we talk about league not being there we generally don't talk about how we overhype our footballers and so if you want to come back a small state like goa seven goans play for fc goa a team that actually won the league and that team is capable of starting with 11 indians and still producing a victory they're not even dependent on foreigners anymore they've they've got another set of 11 players very exciting footballers ready to take over the moment these guys make a move or something so in the summer we've seen the likes of mandar and uh, a couple of others make a move the team is not going to be hurt in fact it's probably going to improve so that's how well these goans have come in through fc goa and also we need to probably stop saying and stop taking so much pride in the fact that oh we are a footballing state and all that and sort of look and understand say tamil nadu which is not known for its football is producing more quality footballers than we are yeah and it's high time we started addressing these issues 
looking at what is the growth for footballers are they staying at the same level so sahil has not improved in the past two years yeah. so you see yeah. he's stagnant there is probably a very small graph but at that at 22 you want significant improvement for a footballer we want the graph to be rising like covid <laughs> we want like a, <laughs> uh, i'm sorry about my dark humor it's not funny at all <laughs> but yeah. just generally we want the graph to be high and upwards and till 26 27 at least you want that graph to be steadily and uh, not steadily like aggressively going high which i think is lacking for a lot of kerala players i think the moment so talk about prashant who's been playing for kerala for a while now he's he's got a lot of matches but unfortunately prashant is not improved enough so there is a there is a big issue here i'm sorry if i deviated from the question of you know who is the next star no, no. but that's simply because i do want to answer that question i want to say why are we you know picking out one or two names when a state like this should be talking about 15 20 people and um, yeah that, that that's that's generally kerala football summed up and this is just one issue of course there is the league that is a disaster uh <laughs> infrastructure issues you have seen like kerala blasters and gokulam two major clubs from the state fighting for a stadium so there's a yeah. lot of drama beyond it as well we don't we, we don't have a lot of things so despite our love for football and all what have we provided we can't give them a full stadium we can't uh, we can't have a football only stadium in our state it's just uh half a sad and so hopefully all these things will be tackled and i still come back to a lot of us playing a role in this it's important that we keep highlighting this issue it's important that we keep talking about this issue it's important to be impatient i mean we've shown enough patience and probably that era that you talked about about pradeep and rafi and cikavini being the only footballers coming out and maybe zakir zaman that's a huge problem right a state like kerala didn't have a quality footballer coming out say around 10 years so yeah we don't want that to happen again we want aggression we want every year to exponentially grow in numbers so if there are like three quality players this season let's let's make it to six next next season at least exp- like grow exponentially so that in in say five years down we can st- really start talking with pride that you know kerala is actually back to being a footballing state so because despite gokulam and despite uh, kerala blasters popping up and a lot of these players getting chances they've not really made a huge impact in the national team or you know really turned around i mean sahil has a beautiful moments on football pitch but he needs to be doing this consistently 90 minutes for an entire season and that has not happened yet so Yeah, sorry to be the pessimist in this <laughs> in this conversation. No, but 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 Just at the end of the day, reality. yeah, at the end of the day, there's something that is the reality as well. Like you said, we Absolutely. need more, we need more and more IMVGs and more and more job opportunities. No. Yeah, if, if I could just say, with all due respect to these two wonderful legends and wonderful human beings, uh, those people no longer make the cut. it's yeah. it's a different era right now we need people working their ass off so you know about uh, iams life beyond football they enjoyed yes, it yes. things unfortunately football has changed so we can't have a maradona we can't have a george best we can't have an iam vision anymore despite exactly. their absolute brilliance we need 
systems to support footballers we need uh, footballers who understand science who understand nutrition who understands a lot of those things so we we are talking about 2020 here where the sport has evolved beyond the beyond the natural greatness so which is there in sahal we know sahal is extremely talented now can he put in the work to become a world class footballer that's what we have to watch and see yeah exactly yeah sahal rahul i mean these are probably the players that we you know, we can probably come on and talk maybe after a year or so yeah absolutely yeah, we should we yeah. should keep talking about them yeah and we i spoke to ilko as well in a pod where he was actually been pointing the same stuff that you see just now that sahal's numbers actually i mean ilko actually said that he is a really good player sahal he has huge potential but the numbers just doesn't seem to come for a player yeah. who's kind of an attacking midfielder mm. it, his it, contributions I mean, are very sig- insignificant yeah, yeah. Yeah, you need the numbers and you need the right mind as well. And he was also very uh, optimistic about Rahul KP. Unfortunately, he had injury. Suffered an injury. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So that's it with Kerala football. And probably that's the end of this podcast. So thank that's you so good. much, Nevin. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, it's been lovely chat. I mean, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even realize the time flowing. It's just like. <laughs> yeah, just like yep, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And thank you so much once again. Hopefully, we can have another episode sometime in the future. And Absolutely. all the best. And 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 I mean, before we sign off, one final, you know, probably you you can probably uh, address our listeners about your blog, Kalpantu. What is Kalpantu, and why should people follow? Oh yeah, so <laughs> Kalpantu literally <laughs> means football in Malayalam and in Tamil, yeah. in fact. So. it was not the most uh, smartest of names i just went with a very obvious name though it sounds exotic and cool for everybody else <laughs> who don't understand the language um essentially i sort of wanted to i worked as a journalist i worked as uh, a digital media guy for a football club as well so i wanted to sort of bridge the gap the whole idea was uh, can we talk about stuff that generally goes missing in say conventional journalism can i sort of integrate filmmaking aesthetics all those stuff also into journalism so without really not sacrificing uh, the the quality of a journalist and uh, i just didn't want to be noise so i mean that's something I, i'm sure a lot of people ask me why are you doing this why are you not writing why are you not talking about transfers i was like there's so many people doing it anyway i didn't want to be noise i was just even if it means one video a month to one video in two months it really didn't matter cuz i was not really you know chasing numbers or just wanted to tell stories that mattered and i think in the one year of existence we've managed to uh do stories that a lot of people wouldn't have known we made a documentary in chennai it was quite phenomenal like it's quite well received we made another small video in gujarat about yeah. girls football that really had an impact where now the girls have actually got a a, a training camp going for them there so talk about <laughs> an impact it really impacted so much that uh, they actually got a coach and they've got a setup there and so yeah these these little stories have had uh, a huge impact it probably doesn't reflect in terms of numbers but at least it's been seen by the people it was intended to you know be catering to so that way i think it's been a, uh, a difficult but like 
uh, encouraging ride and uh, yeah <laughs> like we talk about indian football it's obviously not easy to sustain these ventures uh i hope to keep carrying on doing this but i also feel my objective was to sort of show there is another way to tell stories that was my objective for everybody else to come out and say it it didn't have to be the same conventional journalism the same tasteless rumors and you know uh, intrusion into private lives it didn't have to always be that there's so many stories out there and so many ways of telling it so with kalpan the whole objective was to sort of tell hey we can tell these stories in this way as well so i hope that has been achieved so as long as that is achieved i'm happy and uh, like i said i'm not really chasing numbers it will be really nice if i get like 1 million views i'm not kidding <laughs> i'm not some <laughs> some saint or something who will be like oh i don't want views not but i've been very happy with how it's been going and hopefully i can continue doing it and continue approaching sports from a political economic and uh, social sphere as well i don't want sports to be just sports sports is definitely bigger than just sports as has been very obvious in the whole black lives matter debate and uh, uh, somebody like rashford turning out to be a political figure so yeah. bellerin we've got young footballers who've got a very good stance so hopefully kalpan also will continue to tell stories that are not just football but football as a tool for a change so yeah that's pretty much it yeah i'm a big fan of kalpan i like the videos and i would actually advise our listeners to check out this blog on youtube k a l p a n t h u is the name of the channel so yeah you can go out and check those and thank you once again evin for you know coming on to the episode and thank you to all it's our it's been a pleasure it's been a pleasure exactly so thank you everyone can you please continue to do your good work i think uh it would be unfair if i don't say a word about nutmeg as well <laughs> so it's been a uh, very interesting journey seeing you guys grow it's it's a, it's it's a big brand right now i mean probably doesn't reflect in terms of numbers but everybody is talking about it we talk about it in our separate uh, whatsapp groups about ha ah, these guys have done this have you checked out their article this that uh, i know how difficult it is to run so kudos to yeah. you and to everybody else behind it and continue your good work yeah we 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 have actually a really really good team i mean i won't actually uh, credit myself i would actually credit the whole team instead because they have been doing a really amazing job and I mean, that's been reflecting as well for the content that we're putting out as well it's it's Absolutely. definitely down, down to the teamwork uh, that has been shown so thank you again i mean for the compliment i mean i hope the team will also love this compliment Thank you so much once again and until the next episode goodbye again to all of you